Well, good morning. Welcome. Glad that you're here with us uh, this morning as we gather. Today, as Justin said at the start of the service, it's the Feast of St. Michael, and it seems to me that to make sense for us to talk about St. Michael today. So that's, that's the plan. I want to talk about um, where I want to go today is I'd like to talk about angels in general, talk about St. Michael in general, and then talk about the passage that Andrew just read a moment ago. That's kind of where we're headed. But starting out on this day as we start talking about Michael, I want to just talk about angels. And angels seem to occupy a really unique place in our culture because you see them everywhere. Like you go into lots of stores, you see them and you hear about angels in songs of all different kinds. You see figurines all over the place. I think what's interesting to me is you'll even see people who say they don't believe in God who will believe in angels. So there are all kinds of the way our culture engages with angels. And then within the church, we have this prominent place for angels. You know, we, we talk about angels. We have images of angels. Every single week in here, we, we have the part of the Eucharistic prayer that Andrew will do at the altar in a little bit where he'll say, with angels and archangels, with all the company of heaven, and we go on. So we talk about all these angels, but we don't always stop to really spend a lot of time thinking about who are these angels? What are they about? What are they, what's their purpose? Like all these different aspects. And that's kind of where I want to start with this. And the beginning place, you know, if we, we believe God's inspired word in Scripture talks about them. So we believe that they exist there throughout the pages of Scripture, um, that there are angels. And then we start to ask, well, then they exist. What, what are they? Like, how do we understand them? And when we turn to look at the name, it doesn't really help us a whole lot because that the name is, it's a functional name. It's, it, it's talking about what they do. So the word angel itself means messenger or envoy. That's kind of where it goes. And, and then we read all the pages of scripture about them. We start to learn different things about angels. We learn that they, Hebrews 1, will talk about how they're spirits. But then we get later that they're also like men. They do have bodies and, and things as well. To, but they're different because at places in Scripture you'll see where they're feared. And at places in Scripture you'll see where they're, people want to worship them. So you, you get all that going on. They're, they're non-sexual. They transcend time. They have more knowledge than we do, but it's limited. Um, they're stronger than we are. They have their own uh, angelic language um, that, we, that we read about and hear about. And it seems to be that oftentimes when they're mentioned, they have an ongoing concern for the salvation of humans. That we see that taking place again and again. And I think one of the questions that we get in this meditation then is, why don't we see them more? Like we hear about them in scripture and all this. I think part of it is because I don't really know the whole history about how art started representing them the way we do in art. But oftentimes you see in scripture, they just appear as, as normal normal folks and you hear for example in hebrews 13 how it talks about many have entertained angels unaware that they're just going to they're going to blend in and you see that in a number of different places in the pages of scripture so maybe we have encountered angels in many ways and not put a name on it so one of the things to ponder coming out of this and we look at uh, the pages of scripture we can see also groups of angels there are myriads and legions of angels and then we start to think about how there's a whole hierarchy of how these angels work that there's this sort of medieval court kind of structure that's involved with it although that's of course much later but but you get that there are different ranks and there's different orders and i'll say more about it but scripture talks about how there's two at least in pages of scripture two archangels and of course one of whom is michael and we'll say more on that in just a bit 
what do they do? Ultimately, they are servants and messengers of God. I think about one group of um, authoritative theologians that says, with their whole beings, the angels are servants and messengers of God. That they, they carry out God's orders. And there are lots of different things that we can see that they do. Just to kind of give you an idea of some of these, a list that's been put together. They announce births. They give reassurances. They commission persons to tasks. They communicate God's words to prophets. They change or guide a person's actions. And they work as God's agents uh, at times of punishment also. And I think one of the questions we might ask then, you know, just to continue to pause is like, why, why do they matter? Like, why even, why even pause to spend a sermon or part of a sermon talking about angels? Ultimately, it's because they help us. They're, they're, part of what their ministry is, is, is also helping us. And there are a number of places we might think about that. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they, angels, not all ministering spirits, sent forth to serve for the sake of those who are to obtain salvation? Or as the message would translate that, isn't it obvious that all angels are sent to help out with those lined up to receive salvation? That angels are sent at times, certainly at times, to help us. Psalm 34 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Psalm 91 says, For he will give his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. That they're, they're here to help us. And so I want to just do that as a reflection to think about that's the role of angels, all angels that we think about. That's the place. And then today is the Feast of St. Michael. I want to pivot and talk about St. Michael for a minute in particular. It's the feast day. There are lots of people in here named Michael and Mike. And it's a common name. And it's, it, you know, it's part of this reason. We might ask, well, what do we know about Michael? And what is up with Michael? And how do we understand Michael? Well, there, there are only two angels in the whole Bible that are, that are given names. And of course, they're Gabriel and Michael. These two are these two um, archangels. And when we look at Michael, he is... Uh, the angel, who's, he's the patron of Israel, as he's seen. He's, he's a prince. You read, you'll understand that he's, he's in this rank. He's very high. He's like the, one of these princes. And he's very um, significant in all of these things. So we get that with him. His name itself means who is like our God. Who is like our God. He's mentioned four places in Scripture. You, you'll, if you go read these, there are two of them in the book of Daniel. Once in the book of Jude, and then the book, the reading we just had a minute ago, he's also in Revelation. And it's interesting to stop and pause there to think about how most all of his appearances are in apocalyptic scripture, apocalyptic literature. And for those of you who don't really know what I'm saying with that terminology, it's usually literature that's written in times of tribulation. It's usually going to be things around fights between good and evil. And it ultimately brings hope and encouragement to people who are suffering and in these hard places. And I think. The book of Revelation fits that category as well. But that's kind of the, the, the place where he would normally appear in that kind of literature in these four different passages. Um, the tradition of the church. So, like, so now if you go back and look, okay, what has the church said throughout the ages about him? Um, take this with a little less weight than obviously than what we were talking about on some of these other things. But the church has said that he has four different functions like this, or I should say the tradition has said this. That they are to fight against Satan, to rescue souls of the faithful from the power of the enemy, to champion God's people, Jews and Christians, uh, Christians later, 
and to call away from earth and bring men's souls to judgment. Those are the four things traditionally that the um, tradition has talked about with them. And I think it's interesting when we start talking about tradition to see how the church has handled Michael because I think most of us, when we read this passage, which we're going to go to in a minute, and hearing this battle in heaven and all this, that he would have automatically been like the patron saint of armies and the military and all these kinds of things. But, it, but the early church actually had a number of martyrs, saints, that they put in that role. And early on in the church, they, they put him as a patron of like healing and the sick. And so you'll see lots of different uh, bits of literature and stories and traditions that come around, things that he does around healing in the world. Which I think is kind of interesting. But ultimately, he does show up as the warrior angel. And you, you can't get around it. If you walk around, if you walk down our hallway, you know, I always think about the little kids coming down the hallway. But you've got him in the hallway with his big old sword out there, you know. And it's like, okay, it's time to teach the kids early on that life is complex. It, we're teaching peace and nonviolence, but there he is. Um, which leads us then to, now to, to, I just wanted, um, this is a short uh, sermon today. I know I can't do some, um, but to turn back to our passage today and, and look at it for a moment. And when you start looking at it is to look at this, this story from revelation, starting out with how there's these, these two parties. One, you've got the, the dragon and the dragon is not like we see in medieval literature. It's got all these different heads and, and like, it's not that kind of image, but the scripture makes it clear that it is the dragon. It's the old serpent it is Satan, it's the devil, it's evil. That's on the one side. And then on the other side is Michael and all of his angels. And presumptively, this is our namesake for the church because we don't just call it St. Michael's. We do that in short, but it's St. Michael and all angels, which is really a reference to this passage um, that we've read. So those are the, the two parties. And as the story goes, the understanding is that um, the evil one had so much hatred for the Messiah that he chases him up and follows him up into heaven. And when he arrives there, he's faced with Michael and the army and St. Michael and the army, um, defeat him. They throw him down to earth and then we get, he gets down to earth. And then we see that there's a time of violence. There's a time when we think about how this early church that's hearing these stories is under attack is under persecution and this is part of it is the story is saying, look, we, we understand Jesus has won the ultimate victory, but we still live in a time and a place where there is this battle taking place between good and evil. And so you understand it, the evil one has been sent here and is in the middle of all that. And that's, and that we, and we face that and there, there's evil and there's violence, all these things are going on again and again. And that's part of what we live with. And that's part of what, what happens. And all of this with St. Michael expelling him from heaven is based on the victory of the ultimate victory of Christ. And you may have heard it said before. It's, I think it's always worth repeating that we view the time we live in now as the in-between times that it is that Jesus has already won the victory. We already know that we're on the winning team. He's already won the victory, but we're in the middle times, you know, where there's still good and evil. There's still battles take place where we are. I've always liked the analogy that Nikki Gumbel uh, makes in the alpha course. He talks about, how um, D-Day's already happened, but it's not V-Day yet. Like the, the hard break, the win is already, the victory's already been done, but it's not, it's a mopping up operation that's taking place now. That's the time we live in. And some people will say, we live in this time, you can see God's kingdom breaking in. 
you can see God's kingdom being realized, but we, but we also see the battle with evil still taking place and real evil confronting us. You know, I was talking to one of my cousins last week who, who was talking about, I won't go what's going on in his life, but he was talking about how life punches everybody in the face sometimes. I think that's part of the age that we live in. Well, one of my commitments in preaching is that um, every sermon should matter to you on Monday morning and how we live out. So I wonder what we carry away from this. Well, I think part of it is there's, there is something to carry away from thinking about the role of angels in our lives, maybe to make us more aware or to think about the help that comes from that, to know something about our namesake with the church, with St. Michael. But I also think that part of it is to, is to come back and say, we do live in this in-between time. We do live in a time when there is good and evil fighting out. And part of our role, again and again, drawing on God's strength, is to stand up to evil. If you're going to live out a faithful Christian life, you are going to have to stand up to evil at times. There are times when it's not going to be popular. It's going to be hard. But there are times when you're just going to have to stand up to evil. And that's part of the time we live in. That's part of where we are. And to me, this story that we heard from Revelation and all that is, is a reminder of that. But it's also a reminder that we're not left to do that alone. That God helps us and he will help us at times through his angels. He'll always walk with us and be with us in that way. And I don't often, I don't think I've ever done this before, but I'm actually going to end today's sermon with, with a statistic and then maybe have you think about it for a minute. But there was a survey done. It's been about 10 years ago. It was done out of one of the um, institutions at Baylor University but they did this survey it was on a bunch of different religious topics. But one of the pieces of data that came out of that was fascinating to me was that 45% of people said that they've had some kind of encounter with an angel, which is way more than I would have thought or expected. Or I mean, I talked to lots of people, but it's higher. But I wonder how many of us have had encounters or maybe things now with reflection, we might go back and, and just ponder, was that an angel? I think at the end of the day, we know good and evil exist. And we know God helps us in that. And this is meant to be an encouragement. So when we see St. Michael, I think it's a reminder that God helps us. We're in this battle, but God helps us. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you love us um, and that you call us. And you don't leave us alone to face the things that are here in this place where we do get punched in the face at times by life and by evil. Lord, help us to be open to receive all the help that you give, including from your angels, perhaps even including from St. Michael. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.